Welcome to the Colonial Church STA podcast. The vision of Colonial Church is to build an exciting, vibrant, Bible-based church right here in the heart of St. Augustine, Florida. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. Mark chapter 10, we're going to read from God's Word, so let me know when you're there. I'm feeling like just letting it all go this morning, so you never know. We never know what might happen when it gets like this. But I'm excited to speak from God's Word. In in Mark 10, it says this, verse 17, And as he was setting out on his journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Verse 18, And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and your mother. And he said to them, Teacher, all these I have kept from my youth. And Jesus, looking at him, look what it says, loved him and said to him, You lack one thing. Go. Sell all that you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. Disheartened by the saying, he went away sorrowful, and he, for he had great possessions. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you, Father, for the power of your word this morning. Lord, thank you for the opportunity to gather around your word. Father, we, tre- we treasure it. We cherish it. Lord, we know it can change our lives. Father, the- thank you that your Holy Spirit is here. Father, thank you that we this morning get to lift up the name of Jesus in this place. So God, just continue to speak to us through your word this morning, God. Help us to understand the application it has for our lives. Lord, help us to understand what Jesus is saying through this text even this morning. Lord, we're open. We want to understand. Father, we thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in the midst of your people. In Jesus' name, and the whole church said together, Amen. I spoke last week about a fresh faith. Message title was time for a refresh. Time for a refresh. But it was all about having fresh faith and fresh faith leads to a place of having fruit in our lives. I said this one thing, I said, if if I'm always keeping the inside fresh, there'll always be fruit on the outside. If I can keep myself fresh on the inside, there'll be something for me to offer the world on the outside. And I spoke about Jesus moving up towards the fig tree. And it says that it was in full leaf, but he shows up to the fig tree and it's got nothing on him. It's got nothing on the tree. There's nothing to offer him. And he kind of loses it at the tree and the tree withers. And, but it's a beautiful picture of keeping our faith fresh. What are we offering the world around us? But today I want to speak about a way that we can ensure that we always grow in our faith. We can always grow in our faith. Jesus has this remarkable encounter with this young man who had everything, Scripture says, everything, but he lacked something. There's something we can learn from this young man. So the title of my message this morning, if you're taking notes, is Teach Me, I'm Listening. Teach me, I'm listening. Turn to your neighbor and say, teach me. And then turn the other way and say, I'm listening. Hopefully that wasn't weird. But there's a remarkable account here of an interaction between someone from high society, high stature, high position, a high place. It doesn't say that he was a religious leader or he had uh, you know, a religious um, position, 
But it, he was in the private sector. He was a, he was a civil person. He was, he was outside of the religious system, but he was rich and he was young and he was a ruler. He was of high stature, high wealth, high standing. And Jesus interacts with him. Jesus speaks to him. Jesus has this amazing um, uh, conversation. I mean, he's a guy who literally had it all. He had money. He had influence. He had esteem. He had position. He had authority. And he was young. I mean, on the outside, you could say about this young man, he literally had it all. He had everything. But despite all that, despite what he already had, he also had a massive opportunity right in front of him. Right in front of him, the text, right in front of him was a massive opportunity. In fact, opportunity was staring him in the face. It says that he knelt before Jesus. I think that's interesting. He knelt before Jesus. He sensed something was happening with Jesus in, in his midst. But something on the inside was telling him that there was still more for him. There was still more opportunity for him. And the opportunity was staring him in the face. But ultimately, what stopped this young man in his tracks was that he wouldn't accept what Jesus ultimately had to say. He wouldn't accept what Jesus told him that he needed to do. I find it interesting that he referred to him as teacher. He said teacher. Other translations says he says rabbi. He says teacher. He called him teacher, yet he couldn't be taught. I'm going to say that again because I think that was lost. I think it's amazing how he referred to him as teacher, yet he could not be taught. He certainly asked the questions, but when the answer came, he couldn't accept. He couldn't accept it for what it was. I want to speak today to our church and for us as Christians on this idea of gaining and maintaining a teachable spirit. Having a teachable spirit in life. I believe that we can't leave home without it. I believe that you can leave your American Express at home, but you cannot leave home without a teachable spirit. If you want to go forward in life, if you want to move forward into everything God has for you, there's got to be this sense that you're willing to learn. There's got to be this sense that you're able to be taught. You've got to be teachable in life. There's so much power in holding on to a teachable spirit in our lives. I think it's a good question that we need to ask ourselves from time to time. Am I still teachable? Am I still teachable? Am I still willing to learn? Am I still willing to open my life up and learn? And move forward. See, here's the thing, friend. Without that spirit, it's very difficult to move forward. In fact, it's almost impossible. You may be able to rest on your laurels, so to speak. You may be able to rest on what has happened before some of your past success. Or maybe even some success that's come via someone else. But from that point, you're not going to move forward if you, if you are not teachable. If you don't have a teachable spirit. And there's potential in life for it to be a huge fallout if we aren't teachable. Being teachable unlocks so much growth in our lives. Being unteachable stifles our growth. It almost constricts our growth. I think even our walk with God, we can hit a wall if we don't stay teachable. And God's Word and the things of God don't have as much meaning as they used to because we're closed off or we're unteachable. You know, when someone's a little bit unteachable, or there's an unteachable spirit that's at work in a person, there's a few ways that you can identify it. The first is this, there's chronic failure in a person's life. If someone's unteachable and has been for a while, there's usually chronic failure 
in their life. In other words, there's a track record of mistakes. There's a track record of the same mistakes being made over and over. See, I believe in life there's three ways to learn. In life we can learn the easy way. Learning the easy way is simply this. We look at other people's mistakes. We look at what they've done. We look at their mistakes. We say, I don't want to make that mistake, so I'm going to learn the easy way. I personally, I love doing that. I love to observe. I love to look at what other people have done. Back in my business days, I used to read as many business biographies as I could. Richard Branson, other people. I want to read from, I want to learn from their mistakes. That's the easy way to learn. And then there's the hard way. But you're still learning the hard way when you learn from your own mistakes. You learn from the mistakes that you have, you've done or or have come about in your life, the things that you've done wrong, but you're still learning. I think it's important to write that down sometimes. Something went wrong, a season of life you just struck out or something didn't work out. Maybe even a business situation didn't work out. You can still learn from that mistake. In fact, actually, that's a hallmark on our organization as a church every Wednesday morning at staff meeting. I sit down and praise God. There's a room full of people now. Didn't used to be. Used to just be me by myself. And Jill. But praise God, there's more people in that room today. But one of the things we ask ourselves every single week, we go around, we share the wins. Talk about, oh man, what is God doing? Isn't it great to see the life that's flowing through church? And yeah, man, it's amazing. But the very next question comes, what did we do wrong? How can we learn? How can we get better? How can we do things better than we've done them before? So even if it's our own mistake, it might be the hard way to learn, but we're still learning. But then the third way is the tragic way, where you don't really learn at all. You don't really learn at all. You get stopped. You don't move forward. You don't get any further on the road. That's the tragic way. There's three ways to learn. So there's chronic failure. That leads to chronic failure, which you can look back in a person's life and just see a track record. The second thing is there's usually an argumentative response to someone who's unteachable. There's an argumentative response and a defensiveness that pops in. And all of a sudden, it's just like, man, it's just every reason in the world, every reason in the world that it's not their fault. There's an argumentative response. In fact, even here in in the text, if you look at it in verse 20, I love what happens here. You get to see this this young man. He's already beginning to reason with Jesus. See, Jesus starts to tell him, well, you know what's good. You know what you should be doing. You know that this is good and that's good and you should honor your mother and your father, not defraud people. And look what it says in verse 20. He said, teacher, I have from my youth, from my youth I've done these things. He begins to get defensive, begins to try to even put the law and obeying the law in front of him and the issue. We do that so often in life. We get argumentative when we're not teachable. Another thing that happens is this blame transfer. Start to transfer the blame away from, it's somebody else's fault. It's not my fault. I didn't do that. This person did this or this person did that. Well, if they hadn't have done this, then this wouldn't have happened to me. Blame transfer begins to happen. And then I've got some other ones as well. But one of the key things about someone who's unteachable is there's isolation and there's withdrawal. They begin to isolate themselves. The pressure comes in right at the time that you need to be leaning in to learn. You need to be leaning into what God has for you. You need to be asking the questions for the, around to the people that God has put in your circle. Someone who's unteachable, has a spirit of unteachable, unteachable, they just begin to move back, isolate, withdraw, withdraw from the situation. That's exactly what happened here. 
This is the way the ruler responded. He heard what exactly what he needed to hear from Jesus. And it says, disheartened by the saying, he went away. Sorrowful. He went away. He retreated. He left. He bailed. He withdrew. But look what was on the line for this guy. Look what was on the line. It wasn't like there was this final completion to his life. This missing puzzle, this tiny little puzzle that would be added on to everything he had. No. This was the greatest opportunity in human history standing in front of him. Standing right in front of him. In fact, he was kneeling and Jesus was standing. It was right in front of him. The greatest opportunity in human history. Jesus says to him, come and follow me. Come and follow me. In other words, become a disciple. The greatest opportunity, friends, in human history presented this guy because he was unteachable. He didn't see it. He never saw it. And that's the thing about being unteachable. If we stay unteachable, we begin to miss so much. Things begin to cloud over in front of us. The opportunity that presents itself in front of us, and it could even be a God-ordained opportunity. We don't see it. We can't see it. I think it's amazing the word disciple literally means to be a learner, to learn. So if we're going to be disciples of Jesus our whole lives, that means that we are committing ourselves to learning for the rest of our lives. It's awesome. It's amazing. It says that he retreated sorrowfully. He missed the opportunity. He couldn't see it. But if he had seen it, the whole world would have opened up. The whole, earth, the whole world would have opened up to him. Everything would have changed for him if he was teachable. I've seen this outworked in my own life. I've talked before about my own career in business, starting out, getting gifted, I believe, from God. One of the greatest opportunities as a young man, I was given my first job on the trading desk. Come from a financial background. And I started that job. I think Jill and I were just newly married. Been married 12 years. Holla. She's giving me that look. Move on. We were newly married. And I find myself on the trading desk and big opportunity. And to me, it was a long road even to get to that place. But I started and I went through the motions, but I had pride on the inside. I had pride on the inside. I wasn't teachable. I kind of had this entitlement mentality. Sort of thought, well, here I am. I've arrived. You've been waiting for me. Plonk myself down. I said, here I am. No one would talk to me. No one would show me anything. And I just began to go through the routine. Fill out the forms, send the odd email, do what I needed to do, but I did not grow at all. About three or four months in, my boss, who was sitting three feet away from me, had 40 years of industry experience, literally a veteran. This wealth of opportunity, this amazing opportunity was sitting three feet away right in front of me and I couldn't see it and he sits me down he says you know what I don't see how this can continue I don't see how this is going to work out unless something changes and this is what happened I had to do something about the pride that was on the inside of me I had to do so I had to address it and I had to swallow it I had to get rid of it and it was just like all of a sudden I decided you know what even if I feel Low, even if I feel like it's a bit embarrassing, even if people laugh at me, I got to learn. 
I've got to consume knowledge. I've got to get better at this. I'm going to do whatever it takes. And so I began to ask questions. I began to, to lean into this resource just three feet away. I finally saw the opportunity in front of me. And what was amazing, friends, is it began to just unlock all this potential. I began to learn. I went from this, this, this um, state of being prideful to being humble. And for being humble, I began to ask questions. And I began to realize that I loved learning. I began to realize that actually learning is so good for me. And taking on more knowledge, the Bible talks about accumulating knowledge. But what I found was as I began to ask more questions, I began to learn more. And as I began to learn more, I began to be able to contribute more. And as I began to contribute more, I got better at my job. And then promotion came. And then thing after thing after thing. And all of a sudden, I'm participating. And then years later, I'm the head of the desk. I'm the head of the department. People are looking to me for the answers. But it never would have happened if I hadn't have swallowed my pride, dealt with what was going on on the inside of me, and decided that I would learn. I would do whatever it takes to learn. I've got to be teachable. And I believe that process of going from prideful to humble to learning to asking questions to accumulate, it's a rotation that we always go through in life. It doesn't matter how old you get doesn't matter what season you're in. It's a rotation we've got to keep ourselves on because that's what happens to the human condition. We begin to get into a place, we see a measure of success. I see this in men all the time. We get to a place where we've gained some success, seen some promotion, seen God do some great things. But we find ourselves in a place where we're like, man, people are calling me sir. I've got a title. I've got a business card now. And all of a sudden it's just like, I don't need to learn as much anymore. But that's exactly when the next opportunity is coming. And that's what happened to this young man. He'd achieved so much. Bible doesn't tell us if it was given to him. Bible doesn't say whether or, or not he worked for it. That's not the point. The point was there was an opportunity right in front of him. In fact, it was the greatest opportunity ever. So I got for us this morning. You still leaning in? You still with me? Is this preaching to anyone? Five ways this morning that we can stay teachable in life to move into the God-given opportunities that lie ahead in every season. This applies to everyone. You could have been seasoned in the Word of God, following Jesus for 50 years, but these still apply. Number one, be humble. Ouch. That hurts. Number one way to stay teachable is to be humble. Pride is the primary obstacle to staying teachable. It says that in Scripture, and we all know it, pride comes before the fall or goes before the fall. But why does pride go before the fall? Because you can't tell pride to stop. You can't tell pride, hey, wait a minute, you're doing something wrong. Pride won't listen. Pride goes before the fall. I love this saying, it's not about aptitude, it's about attitude. Oh man, my attitude changed. That day, my attitude changed and everyone noticed. Remember sitting in the morning meeting every single morning? We'd meet at 7.30 every single morning. You'd have to be on the desk at 7 a.m. 7.30, we'd sit in there. And I remember the first time I asked a question, the whole room looked at me. I'm like, what? Like, this kind of look like, is he serious? Has something changed? My attitude changed. Don't be misguided by talent. Some of the greatest failures on the planet today 
were some of the most gifted people. But some of the greatest success stories you have ever heard of were from people who had a whole lot less gifting, but all the humility in the world and determination to learn and gather knowledge. They were humble. They were humble. I love it if you could write this down. Humility is the starting point of a teachable life. It's the entryway. It's the gate. It's the starting point. It's step number one. You know, for him to have sold his possessions, it meant that he would have had to have removed so much more than just money from his life. So much more than just possessions and prestige and this lifestyle. He would have removed so much more. There would have been a reduction in his life in certain areas. That's what humility does. Humility opens yourself up and says, maybe I need to get rid of this. Maybe I need to take inventory of that. Maybe some things need to change. But it always starts with being humble. Can I remind you, church, of something you already know? Pride just gets in the way. Pride just gets in the way. It just gets in the way. You know, it goes along in the passage. I want to read it from the message translation. In verse 23, I think we're going to put it up on the screen. After this interchange has happened, this exchange with this guy has happened. It says, looking at his disciples, Jesus said, Do you have any idea how difficult it is for people who have it all to enter God's kingdom? The disciples couldn't believe what they were hearing. But Jesus kept on. You can't imagine how difficult. I'd say it's easier for a camel to go through a needle's eye than for the rich to get into, the, into God's kingdom. Verse 26, that set the disciples back on their heels. They couldn't believe it. And they said, then who has any chance at all? Listen to what he says. Jesus was blunt. No chance at all if you think you can pull it off by yourself. Every chance in the world if you let God do it. Let God do it. Pride says, I can do it myself. Pride says, I've got this. Pride says, I don't need to learn whatever it is you're teaching. I know what I'm doing. I can do it by myself. You sense the attitude already in me? I need to get rid of this attitude. I just need to get rid of it. Pride gets in the way. No chance at all if you think you can pull it off by yourself. Every chance in the world if you trust God to do it for you. Our job is to stay humble and starve pride of the oxygen that it tries to get. Pride wants to get into our rooms and into our spaces and into our world and into our influence and into our churches and into our business and into our marriages and into our friendships. Pride wants to get in. But we can starve the oxygen with humility. We can get rid of it. We can eradicate it from our lives. I went from prideful to humble. I went from humble to asking questions. I asked questions and I learned. And that learning turned into knowledge and that meant that I could go a little bit further. And then the next season, if I do it all again, I can go a little bit further. And then a little bit further. I love it. In Proverbs 12, verse 1 says, If you love learning, you love the discipline that goes with it. How short-sighted to refuse correction. How short-sighted to refuse correction. Yes, Solomon had everything. What did he ask for? He asked for wisdom. And you see in the book of Proverbs over and over and over again, he talks about this. He says, if you're willing to learn, that's the key to success. If you're willing to learn, if you're willing to open yourself up and be humble to correction, that's the key to success. Number two way we can be teachable is be open. 
So be humble, but then be open. See, the young ruler, he was open. He came looking, but he wasn't all the way open. He didn't go all the way. We've got to be completely open. I wonder how open you are to a rebuke. Man, isn't it just great getting a rebuke? I mean, I wake up on a Saturday morning and I think to myself, man, I'm going to go and get a rebuke today. I, that's so enjoyable. Go to the cafe, get a coffee, and then I'm going to go get a rebuke. I wonder how open you are to correction, even in the public eye. Verse, uh, Proverbs 27 and verse 5 says, Better is open rebuke than hidden love. Honesty means the world when it comes to a teachable spirit. If you aren't honest about the situation you're in and what you need to learn, how can you learn and get advice effectively? It can only come if we're open. Listen to what it says in Proverbs 18 and verse 15. It says, The intelligent man is always open to new ideas. In fact, it says he looks for them. He goes looking for them. That's how open that he is, open to receive counsel. Proverbs 10 and verse 8 says, The wise of heart receive commands, but a babbling fool will come to ruin. For my heart to be able to, open, to, to receive, I need to be open to receive it. But see, there's a big difference between receiving opinion and receiving counsel. I need to qualify this. Opinion is one of those things. Everyone's got an opinion. Let me tell you what I think. Well, it sounds like you're going to, so come on. See, opinion is one of those things. Everyone's got an opinion and everyone wants to, people want to force their opinion on you. But when it comes to counsel, counsel is never forced on anyone. Counsel is invited. Counsel is sought after. Counsel is one of those things that people sit down and say, hey, I need your advice. I need your counsel. Can you help me? I don't know how to do this. Help me do this. There's a big difference between being open and receiving someone's opinion, but getting counsel as well. A counsel is, a opinion is pushed towards someone. Counsel is brought in. And I just want to qualify two standards about counsel. Two standards real quick. It must line up with God's Word. If you receive counsel or advice or Anything from someone, a, a word of advice, if it doesn't line up with and agree with God's word, it's not from heaven. It has to. We want to steer clear from people who want to give us worldly advice. And worldly advice sometimes is good, sometimes there's a merit to it, but it's got to line up and, and agree with God's word. The other thing about accepting counsel is it's got to be from a reputable, reliable person with their own track record. Don't be talking to me about my marriage if you've been married three different times. Don't be talking to me about how I can manage my finances when you're bankrupt. When we receive counsel, we need to receive it from people who have a track record of their own. God will send good people your way. Listen to me. God will send people your way, good people. But He will never contradict His Word and He will never send someone who Himself he himself can't trust in that area. They will be proven. And if they're not proven and it doesn't line up with God's word, just walk away. It's not the learning that you want. Number three, way to say teachable is be willing. Be open, be humble, but be willing. A willingness to seek it out. I love the very definition of the word. Ready, eager, prepared to do something. 
I love what also it says, prompt obedience. Prompt obedience, a willingness to go and seek out, a willingness to get better. But there's some sort of activity to it. Here's a scripture I believe applies to this. It's in Matthew 7. And verse 7, this is Jesus speaking. It says this, and you've all heard this before. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And the one who seeks finds. And it goes on in verse 11. If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, listen to it, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask Him? Who go after it? Who are willing? Listen to the words in there. Ask, seek, knock. Asking means that you will receive. See, a prideful person, an unteachable person, they don't ask for advice. I mean, why would they? They know it all. They know everything. Why ask? But when we're teachable, we're willing. I wonder what your willingness is to simply seek out good counsel. Maybe you're going through something right now. Maybe you're a businessman in this place and you're trying to figure out how to expand. The best thing you can do is go and seek out a counsel. Proverbs tells us that there's success in a multitude of counsel. If you want to wage war, go and get counsel. If you want to start a new business, Go and get counsel. Young people, if you're thinking about going into a relationship, for God's sake, get counsel. Get counsel. Be willing. Go for it. Solomon talks so often about the keys to success in life is a thirst for knowledge. A thirst for knowledge. Give it to me. I want to know. Help me. Seek it out. I spoke about my story before. There were often times when my boss would give me that look like, you're asking too many questions now, bro. Stop asking me questions. I just want to eat my lunch. But I began to get this thirst for knowledge. I went from being so prideful, not asking a single question, to asking too many questions, to being so, so willing, so pumped up to learn, such a thirst for knowledge that it was almost annoying to my boss. Number four, am I up to number four? Number four, if you want to stay teachable, Submit to authority. Submit to authority and stay accountable to that authority. See, it's inherent in the process. May not be the funnest part of this process of staying teachable, but we need to submit to authority. I think to, to stay teachable means that you have a teacher. To stay teachable in life, to say, yeah, I'm teachable, I have a teachable spirit, I'm willing to learn. Well, you're learning from someone. If you stay teachable, there's got to be a teacher. How often do you see it in the lives, especially, I've talked about it before, of men. We get to this point, we're just like closed up. Don't need to submit to authority. In my spiritual life, I'm my own boss. Who cares what the pastor says? I know what I'm doing. Do we submit to authority? It's not a pleasant thing to talk about, but we need that framework. God's given us that framework. I think of it like an umbrella. Walking down the street. Authority is also called covering. That's the other thing about authority in our lives. When we're teachable and we submit to authority, there's covering over us. If you submit to someone and they're speaking into your life and giving you counsel, they see something that's wrong, that covering is going to help you. That covering is actually health for your life. It's life for your bones. If something's about to go wrong, your counsel, your covering will let you know. Or at least that's the point of it. Proverbs 9 and verse 8, the New Living Translation says, Don't bother correcting mockers. They will only hate you. But listen to this. Correct the wise and they will love you. Correct the wise and they 
will love you. The rich young ruler, he had so much going on for him. But he didn't understand the position of authority that Jesus had. Because if he had of, he would have submitted to that authority. But here's the key to this passage. There's something amazing about Jesus' posture to this young man. He talks about his response to him. He lays it out for him. He responds and says, but I've done all this from my youth. But I have, but I have, but, 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 but. I've done it all. It says in verse 21, Jesus looked him hard in the eye. Looked him hard in the eye and loved him. And told him what he needed to hear. See, real love isn't, if you have someone who really loves you in life, they're not going to let you walk off the cliff. If you have someone that really loves you in life, they're going to actually tell you exactly what you need to hear. I wonder, friend, if you have that person in your life. Like Jesus was to this young man who will get down on your level and look you in the eye with that loving look and tell you what you need to hear. God, I'm so grateful that I've had people in my life that have loved me enough, that have loved me enough to sit me down and look me in the eye and tell me exactly what I needed to hear. I wonder if you have that person in your life. Can I encourage you, friend, if you don't have that person, why don't you pray for God to show you who that authority is in your life? It's one of the beautiful things about coming into church every single week and coming under the preaching of the, and the teaching of the Word of God. Because whatever comes out of this word is flowing into your life. But it's an authority that God puts in your life. It's one way that he speaks to you in life. But Jesus looks at him, says that he loved him. And when you study that part of it, it's almost like this affection that Jesus had towards him. It's like Jesus identified what was going on, spoke to the heart issue, understood what the reigning sin was in his life, which was he was holding on to possessions. He was holding on to his wealth and his, he made his wealth his idol and his idol was getting in the way of him seeing how great it is that Jesus is standing right in front of him. But it says that Jesus looked at him and loved him. I wonder if you have that person for you. The final thing about being teachable for us this morning is, you know, I think it's important to submit to authority, but we've got to take responsibility. You want to stay teachable in life? Take responsibility. Don't run away. Don't do what he did, which is retreat. Even if you don't like what's being said, don't run away. Take responsibility. Responsibility for your own faith. Responsibility for your own spirituality. If there's a dryness, maybe you're unteachable. If there's a sense of, I don't feel so much anymore. Are you staying teachable? Are you open? Are you humble? Are you willing? Come on, church, don't be silent. Take responsibility, assume, I love that word, assume responsibility in your own life. Assume it for yourself. See, that's something that we need to do more often. If something goes wrong in our church, what I need to do is not retreat from it. I need to assume responsibility for it. If something goes wrong on, in your life, are you assuming responsibility? We've got to take responsibility. Start off by being humble, be open, be willing, seek the answers, accumulate the knowledge, but ultimately be responsible. You know, hearing and listening are two different things. Hearing 
and listening are two different things. You might hear what's coming from the pulpit every Sunday, but are you listening? You might hear what someone is trying to say to you in your life and you can hear the decibel level rise and you can hear the noise, but are you actively listening to what's being said? See, when we take responsibility, we really take it on. We take ownership for it. That's what being teachable is all about. Having that spirit that says, I'm going to implement this in my life. I'm going to make a change in my life. I'm not just hearing some noise anymore, but I'm listening to what you're saying. And I believe that there's something in front of people. There's something in front of you, the next season of life. No matter what the season is, I believe that this passage is in our Bibles for a reason. It's because at every stage, every age and every stage and every season, something lies ahead. Can I encourage you, friend? One of the best ways to unlock whatever that is is to stay teachable. Keep that teachable spirit. Keep that willingness to be humble and humble yourself before your counsel and say, what am I doing wrong? How can I do this better? I know there's something better ahead for me. I know there's something that I can move into. See, as a young man, if I hadn't have done that, I wonder where I would be. I wonder where I would have capped out my potential at. I look at young people. Oh, man, our church has a burden for young people. Our leadership, we have a burden to see young people rise up and be all they're called to be. One of the things that just gets me so much is seeing young people come out of college and lose their faith seeing young people come out of college and walk away from God and go and do whatever the world's trying to tell them to do. And then they come back into church at 35 with two kids in a guilt trip. We have such a burden for young people to see people live inside the house of God and flourish all through their 20s and make decisions around leadership. But we've got to submit to authority. We've got to stay teachable. We've got to teach our young people that authority is good. But there's so much potential in young people. I look at it, I'm just like, man, there's so much potential in you. You're amazing. God's put something on your life. God's put ministry on your life. He's put business on your life. He's put entrepreneurship on your life. He's put all kinds of stuff on your life. But here's the thing about potential. If it's not realized, it's wasted. If it's not realized, it's just wasted. But when we stay teachable, friends, man, we unlock the growth we unlock the potential. We begin to walk into what God has for us. We begin to see God do incredible things all because we keep our spirit open, all because we submit to the framework that God's given us, all because we are willing to listen to the voices that God's given us. So I don't know about you, but I'm committed as your lead pastor to staying teachable. Is anyone grateful for that? I wanna know what God's got for us ahead. I wanna stay teachable. I want to lean into the counsel that God's given me. He's given me great counsel. He's given me great people around me. And He's given you great people too. He's given you great potential. He's given you great growth ahead. He's given you this amazing walk with God. Would you stand with me? I want to pray for you. What's God got ahead for you? Are you ready to realize it? Are you ready to walk into what He has for you? Well, maybe the truth is you weren't teachable for a while, but God made sure you were sitting in this service, listening to this message, considering Mark chapter 10 for your own life. 
I wonder if you'd commit today to being teachable, to developing that spirit of being teachable. It starts with humility. Oh God, help us be humble. It says that He resists the prideful, but He gives grace to the humble. What a beautiful starting point for us. So I want to pray for us. We're going to worship a little longer. We've got a few minutes. What's the Holy Spirit saying to you about this message? What's God trying to say to you today? He's speaking to every single one of us. We don't walk into church and not get a message. We can every single week. What's He saying to you? It applies to your context. It applies to your life. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank You, Father, for this example in Scripture of what it looks like, Father, to stay teachable all the way to the end, to stay teachable in every season, God. Father, I just pray right now, Lord, that You would help us be humble enough to see the areas in our lives, God, that we aren't teachable or that we aren't open, Father, to what you want to do, or we don't see, Father, the opportunity that's ahead because we've stopped allowing ourselves to be open and willing and humble and ready for the opportunity, Lord. Help us to stay teachable, God. Help me to stay teachable, Father. Lord, I don't want to miss what you have for me. And Father, I pray for every single person in this room right now, Lord. Father, whatever it is that's ahead for them, And I know you've got an incredible plan, an incredible purpose, and an incredible future for every single person that's in this room that hears my voice. I know you have an amazing future for them, Lord. So Father, as we worship you, Lord, I just thank you, God, that you love us and you've got so much ahead for us. Help us to see it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We would love to connect with you. Join us on Sundays at church or visit us at www.colonialchurch.life.